Hey, I'm Allison here. I wanted to add a quick note before this episode. I took a break from this audio platform to explore another distribution avenue as I had a really great opportunity to explore. As I was pivoting the nature of this podcast to be the place where entrepreneurs come to build their business through podcasting, it made sense to return here. So if you hear references, that's why. I am re-releasing these new episodes every few days here, so I wanted to tell you why. This episode will knock your socks off. Thanks for listening. And I invite folks listening right now to just ask themselves that tough question. What, what decision have you been avoiding making? Ooh, that's so powerful yes. and a hard truth. Another hard truth from Antonio Neves. No, it's going to make some people cry. Hey, I'm Allison Hare, and welcome to Culture Changers, the podcast that brings you unconventional wisdom by uncommon people. Together, we are shattering old paradigms to reshape our world and inviting you to make your own mark. When I recently polled my audience and asked, what are you guys struggling with? So many of you said work. You guys told me that through this pandemic, you feel like you've changed, but work really hasn't. And let's face it, we spend way more of our waking hours at work than we do with our families and loved ones. So it's so important that we at least enjoy the journey, especially as we evolve so quickly with the world that's changing so fast. So how do you reconcile that? And if you were to answer honestly, based on your last 30 days of work, would your company rehire you? Would your partner immediately recommit to you? Would your children want you to continue to be their parent? Ooh, these are such tough questions, and I'm not sure I would even emphatically answer yes to all of these. But I did want to find answers to these questions, so I sought out today's guest, Antonio Neves. He is an internationally recognized leadership keynote speaker, podcast host, author, and award-winning journalist that has been featured on NBC, PBS, BET, and so many more. And he leads people to live bolder and more courageous lives by finding your own edge and being your greatest champion. He has such a triumphant story and has dedicated his life to helping others find their own extraordinary story. I love this conversation. You guys are going to take so many notes and have so many light bulbs go off. And I can't wait to hear what you think. And because I can't wait to hear what you think, I'm hoping that you'll jump in the live chat feature in the BYLR radio app right now and say hi. Tell me what you're thinking. You can do it in real time. It's pretty exciting to do that. You can tag me too, Allison Hare. And if you're looking to make your own mark, go to allisonhair.com and sign up for my blog. I send out insightful and practical guidance and get super personal there. And we're building a really great community and I can't wait to get to know you more. And without further ado, here is my chat with Antonio Neves. We are here with Antonio Neves. Antonio, welcome. Welcome to Culture Changers. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on with you. One of the things that I learned is that 50%, according to Gallup, 50% of employees are disengaged at work. And you specialize, you're a, a, a speaker, you have spoken at Google, at CNBC, you've been published everywhere, an award-winning journalist and have done incredible 
incredible things about living boldly. And what does that look like in the work environment or even in your own environment? So if you wouldn't mind, Antonio, please give me a little bit of background on on you. What does life look like for people either in the workplace or not as they're trying to figure out their new footing? That's a really great question. And as you just brilliantly mentioned, uh, people are struggling right now. People are confused right now. Uh, this COVID for a lot of people has been a, a rude awakening, a punch in the face. A question I like to ask people all the time, this is prior to COVID, but it, it's really relevant right now, is this question right here. And that is, if up until this point, your life was a movie, would you keep watching it? Like if up until this point, your life Ooh. was a movie, would you keep watching it? And this COVID has smacked people in the face and they realize all the decisions that they made up until this point, they are living a life, they are living a movie that they would not necessarily want to watch. That in many ways, they would want to walk out of that movie. And it's no fault of their own because what's happening right now is this really deep awareness that what we've been doing is checking off boxes. From a societal perspective, we're supposed to be happy. We got our education. We got a good job. We make a decent income. Maybe we have kids. Maybe we're married. Maybe we have a home with a mortgage. We've checked out all these boxes, yet for some reason we are feeling deeply unfulfilled. Yes. At some point, we've realized we are doing a lot of things that society has wanted us to do, that mom and dad has wanted us to do, that everyone else has wanted us to do. But at some point, we didn't ask ourselves, is this what I want to do, uh, especially as it relates to our careers, especially as, put. Yeah, as it relates to where we live. Um, and I have to remind people many times that just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you're supposed to be doing it, which is a really harsh awakening. Uh, but back to the whole, if your life was a movie up to this point, would you watch it? The great question is this. You can also, if you're not happy with the answer, you can flip the script and then say, okay, if you're not happy with how things are going, and if your life was a movie, what would the lead character start doing right now to turn things around? What would she do? What would we do? Um, and for me, that's just a reminder, Allison, that at some point we forget that we have a say in this. At some point, we're pointing fingers at everyone else. We're pointing fingers at our husband, at our wife, at our kids, at our boss, at our company. We're pointing at everyone. But one thing we haven't done is point the finger at ourselves and say, hey, what, what what role have I played in this? And for me, a lot of my work at the end of the day, Allison, is reminding people that they have a say in this, reminding folks that they have a say in their life. And that's when you get off of the, the sidelines and you, you, you decide to, to put those clothes back on in a different way and step into life uh, with a new kind of purpose and meaning. That's like the whole crux of what I do. So my my purpose of this podcast, obviously I interview culture changers. These are people who who see the world in a new way. They do things differently. They break convention. They challenge the status quo and find a new and better way. And the secondary part and and what people come to the show for is how to unstick the stuck. And you seem to have built an entire career around that of of uh, one of the things that you said is no one owes you anything, but you owe yourself everything. So if I'm thinking about being stuck and so the first thing here is awareness, right? So I think this, I keep thinking, it keeps coming back up for me is this pandemic is the great reckoning in every possible way, good or bad. I think, uh, 
I think there's a ton of collateral damage and fallout, but I think this is where this is where we show ourselves. This is where we redefine ourselves. And you'll probably see more solo entrepreneurs, more ideas, more than you've ever, 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 ever uh, seen in the entire history of the world come out of this pandemic. So where is the pivot? Where where do you start? I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, maybe I've got a part in this. There are some cultural expectations and the box checking um, that makes a lot of sense to me. And when I think about, you know, all these expectations now with the internet, I mean, there are eight-year-olds that are millionaires unboxing videos on YouTube. And it's awesome. I think it's perfect. So all the paradigms are being changed. So where does somebody step out? Yeah, I like to ask people to just remember for a quick second. So even for folks right now who are not as happy as they once were in their careers, uh, and let's just push pause for a second and say, hey, I'm let's, all of us give ourselves some grace because we are dealing with a pandemic, working from home with different responsibilities. It is unique. So we have to have some type of, some type of grace for ourselves right now. But even prior to the pandemic, a lot of people weren't happy. And I just like people to think about, just right now, just think about the last 30 days. Think about the last 30 days at work. And based on the last 30 days at work, if your boss, if your company had to make a decision to rehire you, would the answer automatically be yes? Mm. Or there would there be any type of hesitation like, you know, I don't know if I want him on my team. I don't know if I want her on my team. And you might be saying, yeah, rightly so. That They didn't give me that raise. I didn't get that promotion. We can, again, come up with all these different reasons why you haven't shown up the way you wanted to, excluding the, the whole pandemic. But what I also like to do, Allison, in the midst of that 30 days question is then flip the script. And I'd like to invite you to think back to remember who you were when you were interviewing for that position that you're in right now. When you found out you got that second job interview, when you found out you were in the running, that day you got the phone call and you said and you told your friends, I guess what? Good news. I got the job. How fired up you were. Think about when you went out to celebrate for that dinner. Think about who you were that first week on the job, that first month on the job and ask yourself that simple yet challenging question. How much of that man or woman still exists? Are, they, are you still showing up as you once did? Odds are you, you probably aren't. I think another way we can think about this with the last 30 days is even with marriages, right? Is think about the last 30 days of your marriage. Would your spouse immediately recommit to you, you know, based on the past 30 days, how we did or how we did not show up? Even prior to the pandemic, you know, I have 30 to 40 speaking engagements a year across the country, across the globe sometimes. I can sometimes travel five to 10,000 miles a month. That's all good and cool and stuff. Yet when my wife is alone with our toddler twins on day eight of my business trip, is, is she saying, yes, I want to be with Antonio right now? <laughs> uh, probably not. She's like, this isn't what I signed up for. Uh, that's just a, a silly example. But I invite people to remember, you know, why they got into certain things, why they decided to do certain things. I think a great story just briefly that illustrates this is uh, I was reading this article and it shows up in my book, Stop Living on Autopilot. And there are these two business owners in New York City. Allison, and they were reminiscing what it was like in New York City in the 1990s, which was very different than it is right now. Yeah. And they were just reminiscing about it. And at one point, one of the business owners said, oh, man, I really miss the old New York. Again, reminiscing about the grit and how it was. But his business partner, Allison, corrected him. And he said, you don't miss the old New York. You miss the old you. 
who you were Ooh. during that. Yeah, who you were wow, during that time. Really, how you really showed up. Slap in the face. <laughs> yeah. What we miss. What what we miss right now is we miss being bold. We miss being courageous. We wish how we showed up. We we miss those things that we used to do. Now I'm not inviting anyone to quit jobs and to move to Bali and get certified in yoga or anything <laughs> like that. But I do invite you to think about who you once were. What are those things that you once did that you have stopped doing? Those things that got you to where you are today. And many of us, there are key things that bring us joy, that bring us happiness, that fire us up in work and in our relationships and parenting as well, that at some point we have stopped doing uh, those things, those small things that allow us to be bold and courageous. And so I, I, that's where I, I think about how we can kind of get started once again, um, you know, making progress. Can I riff on this for a second? So as I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about when I, when I reminisce about times and I think about being carefree, I think about being confident, I think about being happy and joyful and then I think about the other side of that, which is our own deserve level. And maybe that's buying beat, being beat down in a situation that, um, whether it's invited or not, but maybe it's not in alignment. And you start to question whether you deserve it. You start to get caught up in the rat race. You get caught up in the hamster wheel and the, the cultural expectation of, I need to do this and I no longer deserve to maybe follow that joy. So how do you, I don't know if you agree with this, but this is where my mind goes of how do you, how do you go back when things have changed? That's a really great question. I know exactly what you are talking about because all of a sudden we find ourselves in a lane on the road that we never intended on being on, but we feel like we're obligated to do it. And let's be clear, Allison, many times we are rewarded for getting in that lane, especially as it relates to our career, we get that periodic yeah. promotion every three years. Maybe you'll get that a uh, three to five percent raise. You got the health care benefits, all those things that make us comfortable, that put us at ease. Right. And that's mm -hmm. what we always want. We want stability. We want stability. Well, COVID-19 has told us there's no such thing as stability whatsoever. As you see, so many people who are furloughed, who have lost jobs, who are struggling mm -hmm. with their health, their everyday well-being, et cetera. Um, so I think the first thing we have to do, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, it, just having some acknowledgement and having some awareness. There are some key things that we have stopped doing. But I do ask people to invite themselves to get curious about those things that do bring them joy, those things that do mm -hmm. bring them happiness and find those small ways to start activating those things. Uh, one thing I don't do, I'm not that person that advocates people, again, quit jobs and, and leave marriages and move to new cities thinking that's going to solve their problem. Uh, there's no geographic cure to what you're experiencing. That is all internal. But it can be um, a few small things that get in our way, right? I like to think about some really basic things. You know, the whole portion, the big portion of our life, Allison, has been spent learning, right? And I like to ask people many times, have you stopped learning? Have you, are you doing anything? Are you listening to a podcast like this on a regular basis? Are you reading books? Are you taking online courses? Are you learning about that brand new craft or hobby that you care about? Have we stopped learning? Uh, that's key. I think a key thing we can also do is look at our surroundings and who we're choosing to spend our time with on a regular basis. I like this idea of spending time with allies. And I invite every person right now on 
uh, who's listening to ask themselves again a simple yet challenging question, and that is to think about the five people you spend the most time with Mm -hmm. and ask yourself the simple yet challenging question, do they make you better? Do the people you spend the most time with, do they make you better or they keep you standing still where you are? So again, these are really practical kind of things. Are you still learning? Who is your squad? Who are you spending that time with? And the third thing I think that is really, really big is the sense of achievement, especially when you look at positive psychology. A big portion of positive psychology is achievement, regularly finishing things. And outside of work, what you're paid for, when is the last time that you finished something just for you? That's really huge. I don't know that I've heard that because it doesn't have to be something enormous, but little micro accomplishments that all add up. Am I understanding that right? 100%. That could be pressing publish on a blog post every week. That could be finishing a puzzle in your living room. That could be finishing that home improvement project. But even for all those those creatives out there, uh, I'm just inviting people sometimes. That could be the 500 words you write this weekend. But Mm -hmm. I just think about how many brilliant ideas we have, right? Right now, someone listening to this, and forget about making money and becoming an entrepreneur and all that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about finishing something for you. So many people have some amazing ideas. You know what those ideas are, Allison? They're gathering dust in a notebook. They're gathering cyber dust somewhere on a hard drive. Someone right now has a dream, has a vision of starting a podcast, right? And they can get started on that this week. And someone has a, and I know you provide even tools that can help them do that yeah. to, to make, to even get a, get rid of the friction. Someone has a dream of doing something in their backyard, building for their kids. And I'm not asking you to finish that whole project this weekend, but what is, if you chunk it, what, what's the one piece you can do? So again, I'm all about ongoing learning. I'm all about paying attention to who we're spending our time with. And I'm really all about finishing something just briefly as an example, sorry to ramble, Uh, But during this COVID, I realized I needed a hobby. My life was so filled with work, with my kids, with my family. And I love those things. Don't get me wrong. What's your hobby? What do you do? What do you pursue? I'm building miniature custom homes. These, These homes that can fit in my hand. And let me tell you something. Uh, First, I've realized I'm clumsy as heck and I break things and I smush (laughs) doors and walls and stuff. But let me tell you the joy that I feel. And I'm working on this thing. The time just goes away. And I get so much love and so much enjoyment from doing that. And I'm not getting paid for it. That's awesome. I think I blame Instagram. I think just scrolling through and and I saw these different hobbies people were doing. I said, I want to try something new. So I'm going to try to build some miniature homes. And I absolutely love it. My bank account doesn't love it because it's more expensive (laughs) than I I thought it would be. But that's just a small example. Antonio, I think what's interesting about you is you're an accomplished author. You are a person of color. And the reason why I say that is because you are the first generation graduate. You have an MBA from Columbia University. You're a journalist, uh, an award-winning journalist. And you have a podcast called The Best Thing. Um, And all of it is really centered around around action, around, around, uh, living a life that you don't want to, um, you don't, you don't, you don't get bored of. You don't want to, um, I, for, I forget the word. I, I don't want to escape from. Escape from exactly. Yes. A life you don't want to escape from. Why is this so important to you? Rewind and tell me why, why did this stir you so much that you've built an entire career and life around this? 
Yeah, um, it's a good question. Just just briefly, a quick correction. It's a master's of science from from Columbia, not an MBA. I don't okay, want, sorry. I don't want any Forgive MBA. me. MBA folks getting mad at me like you don't have a <laughs> you don't have an MBA from Columbia. It's a master's of science. Uh, it's pretty accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, quick background: Look, I'm a kid from a small town in Michigan, Allison. I'm I'm from one of those towns where people typically do not leave. And growing up from a young age, uh, I experienced a decent amount of I guess you, what you will call is um, it wasn't a stable environment. Before I graduated from high school, I moved over. 15 different times in my small hometown between my mother and father are a total of six different divorces. Mm. Uh, at, at one point I knew what it was like to live in a shelter for battered and abused women and children. So from a very young age, I realized that this wasn't the life that I wanted. And even though I didn't know about other lives in the small town that I was living in Michigan, I, I knew that I wanted to try something new and I knew I wanted to take life up on the offer that it had provided me with and I was fortunate enough to get that internship at, um, excuse me, to get it to go to Western Michigan University, initially a state school in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And going back to achievement, it just built each year. After my freshman year, I got a job at a factory back home. After my sophomore year, I got an internship in Detroit, which for me was like being in Tokyo because I was like from the small town. Now I'm in Detroit. <laughs> after that summer, I ended up getting an internship after my junior year in Orlando, Florida. And that opened my eyes to meeting people from all across the country and all across the globe that led to studying abroad. Right. So when I talk about small steps, it was a factory to Detroit. Now we're away to Orlando, then to studying abroad in Spain, et cetera. And I just realized there was so much out there that I wanted to experience. And I always felt like I, I got this chance. I don't want to to waste it. And I, I knew at the end of the day, something that I think a lot of us forget when we're thinking about making big decisions. Allison, I always knew that there's a flight home. There's always a flight home, but there's not always that opportunity to go experience and do different things. And people mm -hmm. are, people are, are kind and all that stuff. And friends right now, if you're listening, I'm gonna call you friends. If you're listening, someone right now, there's something you want to do. And you've been trying to, you've been talking about for years. And that friend of yours is saying, or that family member is saying, you know, it, it's never too late. It's never too late. That's true. But I want to correct them. It's never too late. And the longer you wait, the harder it gets because you'll start accumulating stuff in life, mortgages and cars and kids and all these things that make those things a little bit more challenging. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, it's never too late, but the longer you wait, the harder it gets. But again, um, I was following a path that pretty much, even though I was experiencing these cool things, I was doing what everyone else wanted to do, wanted me to do. And I still remember Allison getting that, that good job everybody talks about. Do you remember being a kid and like, oh, you got to get a good job, Allison? Remember mm -hmm. that good job everybody talked about? Oh, yeah. Well, I got that good job in South Florida, sales representative for Kraft Foods, responsible for 25 grocery stores, Winn-Dixie. And I got that good job everyone talks about, and I was miserable. I was like, why am I miserable? I got the good job. I have benefits. I have a company car. I got a decent salary. I see a path for myself. No one else in my family has done this. And I did the craziest thing that I could at that age. I knew at some point, you know, I knew I always wanted to be a storyteller. And after a year of that job selling cheese, uh, uh, that good job, <laughs> I quit my job and I moved to New York City with less than $1,000 in my bank account. I knew just one person and I moved there with the goal and I'd never been there before. I moved there with the goal of becoming a storyteller, breaking into the television industry. And it took three years before my big break happened in New York City. Uh, but that's kind of just the energy and the life that I've been, I've been kind of living. I want to take, take it up on what it has to offer. 
Uh, I'm willing to fall down. I'm willing to get scratches. I'm willing to get scars. I believe that scars sometimes show you that that you have lived. Uh, I like to look at people's faces sometimes, especially when the resting face when I when I travel a lot. And many times a mentor of mine told me, you can tell what kind of life someone has lived or is living based on their resting face. Because if you look at someone, I can look at you right now. The listeners can't see you, but I can see you. But your resting face is one of joy. It's one of smiling. A lot of people, their resting face is the exact opposite. You see frowns when they're when they're resting. And I, and I, and I just want to live a life knowing that, hey, I, I experienced some things. I tried some things. I didn't want to have the whole the whole what if kind of thing. What if you, what if you introduce yourself to that woman at the juice cafe that ended up uh, becoming your wife? What if you didn't do that? Right. What if uh, you chose to stay in New York city with a successful career and, and, and didn't decide to move to Los Angeles to pursue working in leadership and development? What would have happened? Well, I don't know because I did these different things. And I just remind myself that there's always a flight home if you choose to take it, but, but rarely do we end up taking that flight home because we're too busy uh, living life. One common thread I hear a lot from you is bet on yourself, be your own benefactor. 100%. Yeah. And I talk about being your own benefactor in, in my book and uh, being your own benefactor, by the way, uh, just a brief story, something I don't talk about a lot, but I think it's important. Allison, I'm not sure if you have any experience with this, but I've been a public speaker and doing leadership and development work regularly since 2012 or so. And if you looked at just my social media over the years, you would think that Antonio Neves is just traveling across the globe, speaking at these cool companies, doing keynotes, talks, trainings, doing one-on-one coaching, blah, blah, blah. But one thing I didn't tell people uh, during the, some years during my the work that I do is that at times, Allison, I had full-time jobs while I was speaking, while I was coaching. Um, and I was being what I, my own benefactor because the truth was at that time my income from speaking my income from coaching my income from group coaching did not pay for my family and everything I needed to do so I had a full-time job and at times I was kind of embarrassed to say that out loud I wish I did say it out loud when it was taking place because I think it would empower people but when you look at great artists I don't care if we're talking about Mozart if we're talking about James Baldwin if we're talking about Harper Lee if we're talking about uh, Picasso we can go on and on and on at some point, they had benefactors in their lives, these patrons that would pay for them to do their work. Nowadays, benefactors look like, you know, applying to write at a writer's colony or getting a, a Patron, Patreon, whatever account, or getting someone to back your Kickstarter or GoFundMe. But I want to remind people that at some point, and don't forget, you can be your own benefactor. Being your own benefactor can be a full-time job. That job allows you to do what you love. Being your own benefactor can be that second job you have on the weekend. Being your own benefactor can be opening up your garage on the weekend and selling some of those things to make some extra income for yeah, yourself. Yeah, side hustle. Yeah, side hustle, et cetera. So I think society, I know I got sidetracked, but I feel like society, a lot of times, again, we're looking for others to do something for me. Let's do this Kickstarter campaign to raise money. Like, well, But I, you can do that for yourself as well. I think that's so interesting and it kind of leads into something I'm very interested to explore and that's your podcast called The Best Thing. And I love the concept of it. I think it is I think it is the juice of what makes this life worth living. Can you explain what it's about? Yeah, so I'm a podcast The Best Thing. Uh I'm a journalist, but I'm I'm just a naturally curious person. I think that's why I found myself in the journalism industry. Uh, I talk to people about the best thing to ever happen to them that would rarely, if ever, show up on a bio, resume, or come up in casual conversation. Those things that 
have had a profound effect on people's lives. And typically what I'm finding, Allison, in the 30 plus conversations I've had is that the best thing wasn't always wasn't necessarily the best thing while it was happening. Yeah. For one person, it was the marriage almost coming to an end until their wife gave them an ultimatum. They were going to leave if things didn't change. For one person, it was uh, their family losing everything in the Madoff Ponzi scheme when she was in high school that actually led her to become a successful entrepreneur because her family could no longer pay for her schooling. One person got sentenced to 65 years in a Texas state penitentiary. Thankfully, he was paroled after nine years, and now he's doing amazing work uh, talking to people about addiction and recovery all across the country. Uh, The most recent episode, I talked to someone who, due to a horrible circumstance, found himself in a hospital, and he flatlined nine times, essentially died nine times over the course of 90 minutes. Of course, he lived all the obviously, but these things ended up becoming the best thing to happen to them because it made them reframe their lives and how they're choosing to attack it, which is 100%, I think, which is so huge. And I can't wait to have you on the podcast, by the way, to talk about one of your best things that has played a major role in your life. And so I think the whole point of that is that we discount our stories. It's easy. Think about this. I mean, here's a challenge for your listeners. The next time you introduce your someone, try to do it without using, without referencing your career. Like, how would you introduce yourself so if you hard. couldn't reference your career? Yeah. By the way, I'm going to give you a job interview hack. I hate the word hack, but I'm going to use it anyways. The next time you go into a job interview, I, I want to make sure you identify at least three things you can share with that person that's interviewing you that would never show up on your resume, but shows who you are, gives them a good idea of who you are and how you show up in this life. I don't care if it's the annual mission trip that you do. I don't care if you publish a blog, a blog post. Every month, I don't care if you raise money for um, some type of cancer society, but show them the things you do outside of work because that's going to make you you memorable. And if I just find that the things that don't show up on the resume, the things that don't show up on the bio, Allison, typically are the things that make us who we are today. And I know even in your brain, you're probably thinking, I bet you probably have a handful of best things that your listeners don't know about you. Oh, Maybe Antonio, even, you yeah. just have no idea how much yeah. time you need. <laughs> yeah. But even your friends, I bet you have some friends that they'd be surprised to learn some things about you. So this podcast is, uh, is really resonating with people. It's reminding us that even though these are some awesome people, some re- reputable names, yeah. we're realizing how much we have in common with one another. I'm So I'm kind of thinking, not devil's advocate, but I'm thinking about there are people out there that are very, very well known. Like I, I'm thinking about Heather Monahan. Heather Monahan has a really uh, top rated podcast. She was a CRO at a big media conglomerate and she got fired. And because she got fired, she created an entire business that was built around building confidence. And she's a drop dead gorgeous knockout and has a really well-known TED Talk and has written a book. She had never written a book before. And really her whole life was born out of this, this the best thing, you know, like this thing that happened to her. And very often she is transparent about the feedback and people will say, but I've, I haven't had that big thing. I haven't had that best thing. And maybe some of it of what you are doing is excavating some of these pivotal times in your life, because people think that they have to experience an obvious trauma or uh, something, some bomb kind of hitting their entire world. And I think people sometimes devalue what that is and kind of 
I don't know if it's the, even making excuses, but they don't feel like their story is big enough. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I would say also, the best thing isn't necessarily always a, a negative thing. People have also shared positive things. Uh, Yogi Roth, an amazing uh, New York Times bestselling author, shared how one of the best things that ever happened to him was taking an open seat on a flight and introducing himself to a stranger on a plane who ended up becoming his wife, uh, who now is the mother of his child. Um, and the, the, the story there was like when he travels so much, he normally doesn't want to talk to anyone. He puts on the headphones, acts like he can't hear anything mm -hmm. and he's in his own, but that was one of his best things. Uh, but also I want to make sure, and I, I am familiar with Heather Moynihan, her story and her work. And I think she's super, super mm -hmm. impressive. I think one thing we also have to do is be careful not to only attach our quote unquote best thing to, uh, financial results or career results. It can just be human results. It can be that best thing that leads you to be a better husband or a wife, that best thing that leads you to be a better, better friend, that best thing that maybe causes you to stop drinking, that, that you need to, that best thing that requires you, that helps you get in better shape, uh, that best thing that, just, that helps you write those 500 words a week. And my odds are, even if you haven't lived a life, you know, I mentioned some heavy things earlier about my experience. Mm -hmm. You don't have to live a life of, of tragedy to build resilience, to build grit. Uh, you can build that also by putting some awesome metrics in front of you that you want to attack and keep attacking those every single day. Uh, so I, I don't want you to go out there today, anyone, and rob a bank and get arrested. <laughs> Go so jump can, in front of a car. Yeah, so you can say, car. this. Will, I, I needed this one of the best things no. to happen to me. No, it, it's all framing. And I'm sure people right now, uh, I just invite you to think about something that has happened to you that you wouldn't be where you are today. Uh, for me, I can even think about my sixth grade teacher. She's one of those best things for me in my life who helped me instill some confidence in my life. So it can go a variety of ways, but it's a fun, fun conversation. Do you have an opportunity, I'm sure you probably do, to submit stories to your show, to your podcast? Uh, typically this early stage of the podcast, I've been doing direct outreach to people that I find fascinating yeah. and interesting, uh, without even s soliciting that, uh, I get, I can't tell you how many emails a week already people sharing their best thing and wanting to be on the podcast. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And I look forward to having a variety of voices and different people on right now. I'm just having fun talking to people that I find interesting. And even by the way, we talked about finishing something earlier, how, how powerful that is. A few years ago, even though on paper everything was looking good and the career was going great, I found myself extremely bored, Allison. I was like, why am I bored? And I realized I was bored because I wasn't doing something that I love. And that was having fascinating conversations with fascinating people. So I decided to start a podcast to make sure I could do that thing that brings joy to my life. And so the listeners know, going back to the, to connect the whole benefactor thing, I'm the benefactor of the best thing. Right now, there are no sponsors. Uh, yeah. I pay for that recording. I pay for the production. I pay for everything. I'm the benefactor of that. Though I'm starting to get inquiries for sponsors and all that. Great. Uh, but I pay for that on uh, on my own. So I'm being my own benefactor in a way. I think people can be their own benefactor. But one thing I think is interesting, too, that you mention a lot is is the boredom. So I want to I wanna stay right there for just a minute. And you talk about Netflix and how people watch Netflix like it's their job. I've been guilty of that. And I think there are a lot of ways that we self-medicate, um, whether it is through alcohol. Um, I heard your story about picking up smoking and wearing a big landscaping glove or something so your wife wouldn't know um, mm -hmm. of the smell. And uh, do you put a value on the time that is spent, whether it's Netflix, whether it's how you self-medicate, how you direct your energy? And how do you kind of 
I don't know if some of it's like an awareness or transitioning out and kind of an awakening of some sort to figure out what if I can redirect this energy somewhere else? Yeah. Well, one, it goes back to, again, what we talked about. This is the third time awareness, how critical it is to have actual real awareness. This is why I always advocate that people work with coaches, especially if they find themselves feeling stuck or bored. Uh, sometimes we're not going to hear the right things from people who are closest to us, family and friends, etc. To be clear, I love Netflix. I love Prime Video. Uh, I, love, <laughs> I love Hulu. Uh, I think the challenge comes. Uh, and I love a glass of wine. I love a glass of beer or a whiskey. I think the challenge comes is when we're picking up that glass of wine or whiskey or that second glass of wine or whiskey, or we're picking up that bad habit like smoking, like I did a few years back, or we're pressing play on that next episode of something on Netflix, et cetera, when we're doing that to escape, mm -hmm. when we're doing that to sedate, when we're doing that not to feel, when we're doing that to run away. And when I say run away, I'm not talking about like run away necessarily from, from horrible things. It could be running away, pushing play on the next episode on Netflix could be running away from that conversation that needs to be had with your spouse. Mm. There was a disagreement at dinner that wasn't resolved. And the best thing you probably can do right now is have that is just push pause. Say, you know what, honey, something at that dinner made me a little bit uncomfortable. Let, let's talk about that. But what do we do? We run away from it and we push play or we have that beer. You know what? We're not feeling fulfilled at work. Things aren't going great like they once were. Maybe we were overlooked by, for a promotion. And instead of maybe, uh, you know, having that conversation, instead of maybe, maybe hiring a coach, instead of maybe taking a program or a course or really looking deep into why have I been overlooked for three straight jobs? We find ourselves doing something else not to have that conversation. Uh, so we lie to ourselves a lot. Our friends lie to us. How are you doing? Everything's great. Oh my God. So everything's fantastic. No, it's not. Right. We, we tell people it is, but most times it, it isn't. And it, it, there has to be that moment. And I hope I don't want people to have to have a life altering event to have that wake up call. A lot of people in my podcast, the best thing had some life altering events. If you had some life or death situations, and I truly believe, Allison, that we don't have to have that life or death situation mm -hmm. to change some things. What it does require, though, is courage. What it does require is being bold. Sometimes just having that conversation with your spouse at the end of the day when you both are tired after you put your kids to bed is the most courageous thing you can do. Does that mean that everything is going to get resolved in that moment? No. Does that mean that everything's going to get fixed? No. But what that does is slowly but surely build confidence. And it works kind of like compound interest. It'll build over and over again if you continue to activate that muscle. Uh, I just invite that person tonight as they get ready to end their weekend. And yeah, you've earned that Netflix show. But when you get a few in, when you get a few drinks in, if you're doing something that maybe is not the most beneficial to you, if, you're, if you look at your time usage on your phone and it's a little bit aggressive compared to last <laughs> week, Ask yourself if you're escaping from something. Ask yourself if you're running away from something. Ask yourself, is there a decision that needs to be made that you are avoiding making? These are all adult conversations. You know, I'll give a, you know what? Kids are cool. Uh, I think the biggest difference between adults and kids is that a lot of times based on brain development, et cetera, a lot of kids and young people act based on emotions, rightly so. Mm -hmm. My hope is that we as adults can act based on standards based on values. Yes, we have emotions. They we know those are going to come and go. Hopefully what doesn't go are those standards and values that we have. So I'm not asking anyone to, to deny their feelings, anger, sadness, fear, et cetera, feel them all the way through. And then 
you have to act after those. I mean, hearing a lot of vulnerability and authenticity and real conversations. To me, I love tough conversations, ones that are real, because that's when you move things forward. That's when you get clarity. That's when you have an understanding instead of having things shrouded in or uh, cloaked in, in secrecy, which I think is what can pull us apart a lot of times. What do you know that you wish other people could know? I think people know this inherently, but they don't always say it out loud. It goes back to the whole decision piece. And that is not making a decision is making a decision. Mm. We think that if something comes up in our lives, whether it it can be around a variety of topics, it can be in our career, it can be in our personal relationships, it can be around so many different things. Just know that not making a decision is making a decision. And I wish more people knew that because I think a lot of people right now, there's some decisions that need to be made about their lives and what they want it to look like moving forward. There are some decisions that need to be made about people's health and what they want it to look like moving forward. There are some decisions that need to be made about people's finances and what they want it to look like people's marriages and beyond and not making that decision. You know, it again, it's, it can work like compound interest the other way. It can just create that momentum that you don't want and you can end up somewhere you don't want to be. And that's going back to being bored. A lot of people have avoided making decisions and now they're somewhere they don't want to be. And I invite folks listening right now is just ask themselves that tough question. What, what, what decision have you been avoiding making? Ooh, that's so powerful and a hard truth. Another hard truth from Antonio Neves. No, it's going to make some people cry. Because there's some real things people are avoiding yes. making that they that they know they need to make and uh, it might hurt some other people. Some changes yeah. may be had, et cetera. Some jobs may be left eventually, et cetera. Um, some restaurants may lose some some revenue because you decide you want to eat better. You're going to start going to other places, et cetera. The world is evolving, that's for sure. So I know you've got a book coming out. How can people? Um, work with you. You've got a variety of ways that people can work. If they want to get in contact with you and potentially work with you, what does that look like today in the pandemic? Yeah, well, I appreciate you for for asking that. Of course, you can find me easily on the internet at uh, theantonionevs.com. There's information about group coaching programs, about my one-on-one coaching there. I speak a lot at corporations virtually and in person on stages normally during normal times. Of course, on social media, you can find me everywhere uh, with the handle uh, the Antonio Neves. Uh, and and lastly, uh, I'm doing a lot of communicating with people via text message. So if anyone wants to text me, they can at 310-564-7124. 310-564-7124. I respond to every text. And during this pandemic, I've decided to connect with people in a different way. And it's fun to reach them right there on their phone. I love that. And we have connected on Instagram and I've been following your post and and they are full of real truths, but everyone is not only full of truths, but also a way to make it better. And for that, I appreciate you. So uh, Antonio, thank you so much for, for your time and for your heart and for continually showing up the way that you do. But thank you so much. Thank for you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this work and being willing to have these, these conversations that we really can't hear anywhere else. Thank you. Wasn't Antonio inspiring? I felt like he kept asking such tough questions to challenge all of us. 
I've linked his information in the show notes, and you can pre-order his upcoming book, Stop Living on Autopilot, Take Responsibility for Your Life, and Rediscover a Bolder, Happier You. As for you, I can't thank you enough for your time and investing in yourself and listening to this podcast and connecting with me. You can connect with me in a myriad of ways, even smoke signals. And I've linked everything for you in the show notes. But please drop me a note and let me know what stood out for you. Or if you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, hook me up. I'm ready. You won't believe what I've got and who I've got coming up. I'm so excited and hope you'll share this episode as we build this community of culture changers together right here on BYLR Radio. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.